Let's Keep It Going, the podcast of Emmaus Church, where we sit down with Pastor Nick to have extended discussion over last week's message, in the hope that it inspires ideas in and around the Emmaus Church community. If you missed last week's message, have a question, or just want to know more about Emmaus Church, you can visit us at www.emmauschurchsc.com. Now, let's keep it going. Hello. Hello. Welcome back. We're back. I do feel like we should issue an apology. Yeah, you had strong feelings about... I thought we were really low energy last week. You had strong feelings about our lack of feelings. Lack of feelings. I didn't listen to it, so I don't know. Oh, I felt it in the moment. I don't know how it came across, but... We were a little wah, 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 wah. wah. Oh, no, 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 A little no, no. Eeyore. So I'm going to need you guys to step up your game. Pep it up, Thomas. Pep it up. Especially you, Thomas. I have a I sound bad. I'm still like... I'm coldy. E. Getting over something. Well, how are you gonna How are you gonna help us? Okay. Well, I brought back some icebreakers. We kind of yep. got away from it. Yep. So we're gonna do like a who would most likely mm. question set. Mm. And I don't like this. Do you think we should do the three of us, or should we do the whole staff? No. Whole staff. Yes. Okay. All right. So we're including Nate, Adrian, Kara, and Dylan. Dylan. Okay. Yep. It's gonna be Dylan every single time. I think. <laughs> All right. Who is most likely to answer the phone if you call in the middle of the night? Hmm. Not, not Nick. I was gonna say Nick. Not Nick. No. Isn't that a pastor's well, Nick job? Only, he only answers the phone if it's if you, if you follow up with nine one one. If you called me in the middle of the night, I would answer the phone. If you called me in the middle of the day, probably won't answer the phone. Yeah. Middle of the night, I would answer the phone. Okay. I think you would. I hope I would. Who wouldn't? Thomas. Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on, do not, right I'm on here. do not disturb. <clears throat> All right. Who's most likely to have the best snacks? Mm. You should answer this, Thomas. You are the connoisseur. I'm the snack king. You never provide them, but you eat them. Um, because I provide so much, so much other things. <laughs> um, I got an answer. I would say Lynn's. Either Lindsay or Kara. Kara's pantry is probably a little healthier than mine, which yeah. I, I would think is why you. Well, Kara like always, my you know, Kara always has multiple creamer options yeah, for your she does. coffee. You She's, know, Kara, yeah. I'd go Kara. Kara. Yeah, I don't know if I'd enjoy them though. Like, I opened up her pantry when we were over there yep. the other day, and it was like, where are the moon pies? Dried, dried. L- Dried lentil, pistachio, like, granola bars. I know bars. you find joy in my pantry. Yeah. Where's Miss Debbie? Little Debbie. Little Debbie. Yeah. All right. Who is most likely to say something awkward? Probably me. Or Nick. Yeah. <laughs> Probably me. Well, no, I'm some, well, I think Lindsay, too. Me? Yeah. Uh-oh. Think you think she says awkward things? She'll say something awkward and then say that say that's what she said for like on her own. Uh, like she'll so she'll say she'll da, re- da 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 da. That's what she said. She'll redeem it. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Who is most likely to give you a nickname? It's kind of hard one. Nate. Yeah. Yes. Nate. All right. Who mm. is most likely to forget to text back? Me. <laughs> Me. Thomas. Me. Thomas. Me. Thomas. It's close. It's close. Who is most likely to text back immediately? Adrian. You. I would Lindsay. like to Amy. Lindsay. Yeah. 
who is most likely to forget to return a borrowed item? We're going to go back to the first one, oh. the one that you were talking about. The one, the You also, I've never seen anybody, like, willingly keep read receipts on their text messages. Like, how do you live with yourself? I don't even know what you're talking about. Like, you, you don't, like, people don't keep the read Like, the you, opt, you opt in to read receipts. Like we is. know, we know when we you know, know when you've read my you text. That that you can turn that off. You know. Why is that a problem? I would hate. Well, as somebody who doesn't respond to texts, yes, I would I love. Don't, I don't. I could know that you read my. Text you would love to emails. know that, like, you'd be annoyed that I I read your email or your text and then chose not to respond. I want. I think you're like a, a unicorn. I don't know very many people that keep read receipts on. I would like to know. I would like to know, you listeners. Yeah. Everyone you, like. My my uh well Matt does my like I feel like I see it more often than it's I. It's also don't. a weird flex if you keep your receipts on, but then also don't respond immediately. Yeah, that is, that is kind of like that is the ultimate. I don't have Do time. Do you for know you. what Dylan does? And I don't know how he functions. Hmm. He keeps like his um Do Not Notify or no notifications on a lot. So you text and you're like. I don't know if he's gonna get this. Sorry for offending you. And then it says, "Do you want to notify anyways?" And you're like, "Do I? <laughs> like, am, am I that bold?" Yeah. All right. Who is most likely to reply all to an email? Hmm. Adrian. Adrian. <laughs> Adrian. Yeah. All right. Who's most likely to walk off with your pen? Hmm. Me. Thomas. Me. Thomas. I'm gonna go Thomas. Yeah. I take things. I adopt <laughs> other people's belongings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Mm, let's see. Some of these are. Who's most likely to have a million dollar idea? Mm. I think Nate. I'd say Nate or Nick. Just I got all the ideas. The hazards of being a CEO. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd probably say myself. Okay. I got a million ideas cooking up in that brain. Okay. All right. How's our energy? Do we, I think we're good. Are we up? Let's hope. Are we're we so up? energetic. Listeners, so energetic. are we up now? Let's take a nap. Um, before we jump into the sermon, mm-hmm. do you want to talk a little bit about the Martin Luther King breakfast and just kind of how it sat with you? And you mentioned it on, on Sunday. Yeah. It was really cool. Hey, what a crazy segue that you, you, would, you would say, we were so somber last time. Let's have an icebreaker and be really excited and be really... Mm-hmm. Cheerful. It's like, all right. Now that we're done with that, let's talk about this Martin Luther King breakfast. It was awesome. <laughs> it was. I great. mean, it's kind of the struggle of the podcast. <laughs> like, we're talking about serious stuff. So, how do you? Mm-hmm. How do you hold the tension yeah. of energy? I think we're fun, y'all. I do. We're well, there is some funny part about the breakfast. <clears throat> oh, there is. Because <laughs> yeah, I was the only one in jeans and a sneakers. Like, and they we sat in the very front. Yeah. I was wearing like a very loud casual outfit. <laughs> just think, I had like a bright colored shirt on. Thank God you chose like, not to wear jeans and he, sandals. I, I, well, oh, the I sandals, sandals! Thank goodness. But it was I wore cold sneakers, outside. white sneakers ish, whitish sneakers. Yeah. I asked, I, and I asked Shelly before. I said, "This is a fancy dress up thing." She said, "Oh no, oh no." And then we show up, and it's black tie. I mean, it's not black tie. There were tuxedos. There were, no there were tuxedos there. <laughs> the the yes. choir, maybe, but. Um. Well, and of course, all the who's who from the university was there. The president of himself. Yes. So this Don is USC's Staley. annual mm-hmm. MLK breakfast, mm-hmm. and they honor two staff members. Yeah. Um, facility or facility faculty. And what did you do there? We were invited by Shelly because Shelly won. 
Oh, but you didn't give like the prayer or anything like no. that. Yeah, you some would've... guy in a collar and a jacket <laughs> yeah, you... and a nice outfit, dressed did. appropriately. He had, he had fancy shiny shoes on, and I had sneakers on. Oh, you and he was just and right I in the sat front. in the front, right in the front. Yeah, like when the choir sang, we were literally like yeah. n- nose to their belly buttons. You like, look. You probably right looked like you were walking down the street and you saw free you, breakfast. You, you heard free breakfast, mm-hmm. and you walked in. And you sat in the front row because that like, happened. This yeah. Jesus thing sounds interesting to yeah. me. You like you were a first time. Everybody believer. else looked nice. Latoya was there. Had they were thinking cool you were going to come. Dylan had like a yeah scarf. Everyone thought that you were going to come to the altar and pr- be prayed over for mm. your for mm. your sins. No, but, but it was great. Breakfast. Yeah, there were a lot of powerful moments. Yep. Um, what did you like the most? Um, I mean, the, the choir was yeah. phenomenal, and yep. and maybe because we were almost part of it, like right there for it. Um, the guest speaker from Harvard, mm-hmm. like she's just some uber smart historian, scholar, genius, MacArthur genius. Yeah. Um, I was supposed to lead worship for that, but they told me it was casual. And <laughs> I don't wear casual clothing, so. <laughs> yeah. But, um. Priced himself out of that one. But she, um, uh, so this one, here's another funny, like mm-hmm. this woman, this speaker was with the president last week. Of the United States. And then she, yep. she sat Stood in front of Nick in jeans and <laughs> in a jeans t-shirt. And t-shirt. She was way more nervous. No, I I really appreciated it. Was the president there of the, of the university? Of the university. Was the, the vice president there? Probably. Don Staley was there, and Coach Beamer was there. I uh, was Beamer dressed up. Yep. Yep. Wow. Yep. That's yep. weird. But yeah, and I, I'm gonna kind of, I'm gonna kind of sit. Uh, I don't know. Sit with this again for this weekend. But I really appreciated what she said. You know about Dr. King, and that's easy to forget. He was a very religious man. That, that was her mm-hmm. words. You know, he was a uh, he wasn't just some radical social idealist. He was honestly he was a follower of Jesus, living his faith out in public. Mm-hmm. And that man, <clears throat> you think about the mindset, the convictions, the the pattern of thinking. You know what I mean? Like all of that that has to be there in order to do the things that he did and stay the course in the face of all of the things that he stayed the course in the face. And I just, I really hit me, you know? Yeah. Um, and it reminded me of the importance of like what we do as a church, you know, whether that's, you know, to use a word that has a lot of baggage, evangelize, mm-hmm. you know, invite more and more people into this faith and this way of seeing things, discipleship, helping people, you know, really commit to it. Like this stuff matters, mm-hmm. you know, like, and more than just uh, how many salvations have you seen? Like that's sure. But I think this is how we change things. Yeah. You get more and more people to buy into this kingdom kingdom way of life and things change, mm-hmm. you know? So I don't know. Yeah. That just really hit me. Yeah. I, mean, I felt like we were sitting, you know, at a public institution at church. Hmm. Like what we were hearing very well could have yeah. been preached on a, on a Sunday morning. It, yep. it, it, and the music that was, I mean, it was yeah. blatantly Christian and it was really neat. Powerful morning. Yeah. Way to go, Shelly. Yeah, way to go, Shelly. She deserves Big it. Big deal. Yep. Huge. Huge. <laughs> All right. Goodness gracious. Goodness gracious. Getting it together. Mm-hmm. We talked about that word goodness. Second Peter chapter 1. Mm-hmm. Add to your faith goodness. What did y'all come away with? Well, you talked about my favorite passage in the entire Bible. Hmm. The woman whose faith healed her by touching Mm -hmm. 
That's your favorite. That huh? is my favorite. You know, there's that thing. There was a poll this past year about men think about the Roman Empire mm-hmm. like daily. Like <laughs> right. it was like a real odd thing they stumbled upon. And mm-hmm. I think about this passage a lot, if not weekly. Day, like why? Yeah, I'm um, curious. Like, well, yeah, a, a couple of reasons. One, like, well, the title's funny to me. Mm-hmm. It's like Jesus. Uh, raises a girl from the dead mm-hmm. and heals a woman. <laughs> that always cracks me mm-hmm. up. It's like the afterthought. Mm-hmm. But the miracle could have ended just with her touching mm-hmm. his robe. Yeah. And I don't think it would have, it still would have heightened her faith. Sure. She still would have been healed. She still would have left there giving him the honor and glory of the healing, but mm-hmm. it didn't stop there. And it could have stopped with, him looking for her, couldn't find her, and then telling the people, and then that would have been a moment, but he sought her out. Mm-hmm. And it's like empowering her because mm-hmm. she would have been healed regardless. Yeah. The grace, the goodness is theirs, is there for her anyways, yeah. but it's like he gave her the, the attaboy. Hmm. Yeah. And I just love it. Yeah, because that's been like a, I don't know, the last year or two, just really a really rich... Uh, kind of insight to to what's going on in the gospels you know how many times does jesus say your sins are forgiven you know like mm-hmm. you, when he's healing people like so i thought i always thought was weird but the explanation was well you know more than they needed a healing they needed to be forgiven by mm-hmm. god like he speaking to their spiritual condition and I, I think that's true but i also think we're missing like sort of the context the historical it's like how were sins forgiven back then well, even, but chronically ill people were seen as outside of God's forgiveness. That's why they mm-hmm. were chronically ill. Like that was the, that was yep. how they explained it. You know, you've, you've got too much sin in your life. Yep. Uh, that this is a judgment of God on you because of something you did or a family member did. And so they, they believe they were beyond God's forgiveness. It wasn't possible for them, you know? And I think what Jesus is saying is like, nope, like, no, uh, which is, which is interesting. You know, when he clears the temple, he, he bra- if you read, I think it's in Matthew's gospel, it talks about he brings in with him the lame and the sick and the cripple. They weren't allowed into that part of the temple because they were seen as like right. they would defile it. They were unclean, so they had to sit, they had to beg and sit outside of the gate. And when he when he comes in and flips it all over, he brings them in. You know, and it's just powerful. Like that's just, whew, mm. you know, you're not outside of God's grace. No, you know, right. the system of the temple though was also like that's the that's the way you get your sins forgiven is through the temple. Mm-hmm. And for him to just be like, your sins are forgiven, right. without having to even go yeah. through the process of of the temple, mm-hmm. was super yeah heretical at the time. Well, so in a way, there was more of a healing that needed to happen, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it might have involved her forgiveness and standing with God, sure. But I think it had a lot more to do with the stuff she had probably come to believe about herself mm-hmm. because of the ostracization, sure. because of the isolation, because of the you know. Well, and I think the other layer for me is, you know, the adage of, like, Jesus ate with the sinners and Jesus hung out with these. Like, I don't know if we sometimes give enough credit to the people that were, like, why were the sinners there? Did mm-hmm. They sought him out, too. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a both-way mm-hmm. thing. And sometimes I don't feel we give enough credit to seeking out Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I feel the people who have been set apart, mm-hmm. imperfect, labeled as sinners, yeah. they have the drive mm-hmm. to seek that relationship, mm-hmm. to seek the saving. Yeah. And oftentimes 
the people who identify as more holier mm-hmm. don't have that. Mm-mm. Things that are working urge. for them. And who has the more beautiful story? Yep. Well, yeah. I mean, th- yes. Like, I see this. He, he talks about how the poor are privileged, mm-hmm. you know? And yes. They, and, it, and it's not because they're loved more by God, but they have a... They're 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 a few steps ahead of us because they they already know mm-hmm. the normal way of doing things. Status quo isn't right. this isn't where it's at. You know, if you're comfortable and wealthy and you, you take a little longer, and I I've even seen that like working with recovery folks, you know, uh, that reach sobriety. Man, they are some of them have the most depth. And um, what I think is fascinating though is like everybody would be, everybody would benefit from working the twelve steps. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody. I think the disadvantage and the advantage some of our friends who have who have like a substance abuse problem is like their their rough edges their hangups are so obvious and so bad if you don't if you don't work them you're gonna die mm-hmm. right on the one hand sure obvious disadvantage but the advantage is like it moves them to pursue health and sobriety sooner than most people and with more passion I can't tell you how many people spend their whole life in this sort of malaise, like just malaise you know mm-hmm. like. They, they're everything's slowly dying, but it's dying so slow they don't even know it. And then towards the end, it blows up, and it's like, it's like, it's like the, way later in life. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, I think that has something to do with what he's getting at. Is yeah. like it's, he says, harder, for, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of the needle than a rich to enter the kingdom of yeah. God. Like because they're like, what do I need it for? Yeah, I mean, it's encouraging. It's encouraging that our holiness is not what mm. brings us closer to God. So, you know, it's holding the tension of recognizing and confessing. Mm-hmm. You got into confession a little bit, but not letting yourself be ruled or defined by it. Mm-hmm. Like, there is a, a balance mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Yep. It's, it's, you know, the, a storm's coming for everybody where the foundation gets revealed. That's how he ends the Sermon on the Mount. Everybody's going to have a moment sometime in your life where what you're building on is going to be revealed, mm-hmm. you know? And I think for some of us, we, we can afford a really nice looking house, you know, so to speak with our life, we can clean it up. We can, but man, that foundation is, is not on the stuff that matters. That storm is going to show it. Like it's going to, it's going to reveal it, you know? And I think that's something we all got to keep in the back of our heads. Like, um, there are going to be all sorts of times in life that really, re- that reveal what we've been, we've actually built it on mm-hmm. you know yeah. hmm. so that you so mark five you love that one of my faves what else did you like that you heard um i liked the deep dive into a rate mm-hmm. is that how they say mm-hmm. it right yeah um it got me thinking about i mean it, it, it's that's philosophy like philosophical mm-hmm. assessment of, of humankind and mm-hmm. the, the connection between philosophy yeah. and religion. I didn't realize you were such a buff, a philosophy I buff. don't think that is an accurate statement. Yeah? But... Um, well, she was talking about Socrates and stuff and Aristotle. Aristotle. Mm-hmm. He was the golden mean. He, yeah, he really, uh, like, I don't know if he made it popular, but I guess he did. Well, it opposed... And again, I'm not a buff. I'm probably going to butcher this. But Plato was the more, you know urge for intellectual mm-hmm. uh, learning. Mm-hmm. And Aristotle was more goodness, like mm-hmm. find the balance. Like Who cares what you know if you're a jerk, Yeah, right? But I, lo- I love that idea of, um, that was kind of a late, a late 
stumbled upon that late in the week. I was like, man, I can't write a message around this now, but just that connection to what, how that word was used mm. in the wider world, you know, referred to that golden mean idea, like middle way, you know, the golden mean is this awareness that of life is best lived in this balance between excess and deficiency. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you don't want too much, but you want to have enough mm-hmm. in light of virtues. Yeah. Right. Um, I think the example I gave was like courage. You know, if you don't have enough courage, you're going to be a coward. You know, you're going to give in to fear. If you have too much courage, you could be rash and reckless. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like a sort of balance, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I really, I'm really drawn to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, sort of both and yes and no. Right. Um, that tension mm-hmm. that I think we're supposed to live with in regards to like everything, you know? Yeah. Like take self-awareness, for example. You should be really honest with yourself about yourself and, but then you also need to be careful not to condemn, like blame everything on you. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? It's like, I, I feel that tension. Like, I feel like wisdom has to do with that tension in, in so many different facets of our lives, mm-hmm. you know? Well, practically for me, like, I remember a marriage counselor explaining to us that like fighting is good. Hmm. Like arguing is a sign of, of health, mm-hmm. you know, like obviously not to the extreme degree, like what you're saying, but Mm -hmm. finding the balance of how to handle conflict and address conflict Mm -hmm. is the sweet spot. Mm -hmm. That just shows like the ideal image of what you want and what you aspire to Mm -hmm. is not really the ideal, Mm. like the ideal image of a perfect, like the ideal image of a perfect marriage, like what you imagine Mm -hmm. it being is not really what makes a perfect marriage, like a, a, a marriage that you never argue, you right. never, you never, you never struggle, you never, you know, have a goal and work towards it, and it's hard, um, and you reap the benefits, reap the benefits of it. It's like, it's like all those imperfections are what mm-hmm. create something that yeah. is much more then I feel like what our imaginations mm. think it is supposed to be. American Indians talked about like the good life, whatever their phrasing was for that is like lived on the edge of a razor of a knife. You know, it's like that, it's that middle way. It's this awareness you could fall off on either side, mm. you know? And I, I think that's just so important to keep in mind. Um, even history itself is this big pendulum swing often. It's like an overreaction to an overreaction. Like historically, even like I think about this as a church. You know, I'm reading this book right now on church history, and it's just it's so funny how the Reformation was this reaction to uh, a church that had lost, you know, the Bible. Um, there it was not personal faith; it was you know this kind of dead, lifeless institution. Um, and Reformation responded to that. But then I think over the last 500 years, has responded too far where it's like biblical literism. That's just you and your faith, and it's all about the Bible. And I think this next Reformation is going to be a kind of response to that. And hopefully it's not an over, you know, reaction, Mm -hmm. but that happens in our own lives. Yeah. You know, it's like a person who gets really, really passionate about their health, right? They're not careful. Like, that can become something that isn't, isn't good for you, you know? It's just being aware of that, like, swing from one extreme to the other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How do y'all feel that? 
What do you mean? How do we? Well, like, is that is that a for me? That is such a strong. I see that. I see the lack of that. Yeah. You know, I feel it in myself. Like when I'm when I'm living well, I I can feel this. uh, Like this caution rise up a lot. It's like a yeah, but Mm. it's um, and it creeps up in some of the strangest ways. Like when I'm dialed in, like this this sort of thing that they're getting at. I feel like it comes to the surface quickly. Like even in things where if I'm like an argument with my wife and I'm, I have a point to prove and I'm right about it. There is this thing in the back of my head going, be careful. Mm-hmm. Like it isn't just you're you right. You got to right. get your thing across. It's like careful. There's an overreaction here. There's yeah. a, there's a, you can go off the other side of the knife. You know what I mean? Right. So there's just this caution there. And I don't know that I, I feel like that's not something that I see often. You know, I mean, like when you're when you're talking with other people, mm-hmm. it's like we just tend to fall, tend to kind of fall off one side or the other. Like, is that making sense? Yeah, I mean, I think I feel that a lot in my parenting. Hmm. Like, I'm I'm off one side usually, mm-hmm. and usually, like this past week, Matt watching Matt with Quinn, especially, mm-hmm. I realized I could be way more balanced in a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. Like, like for sure. Yeah. Yep. I used to it used to bother me. I'd bother a lot of people that I would kind of always take almost like a devil's advocate position on some stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like, ah, let me think about this. Like, or or just very analytical um, of things. But now I'm kind of like, maybe that's a good thing. Like, yeah. There is this sense of um, I don't. Know, I think about that old Chinese proverb about the farmer, you know, who uh, his horse runs away. Mm-hmm. Have I told this story before? I don't think so. It's like horse runs away and all his neighbors were like, oh, we're so sorry. You lost your horse. Bad luck. And he's like, we'll see. You know, and then the horse comes back the next day and brings like three wild horses with him, you know. And they're like, wow, it's such great fortune. Your horse came back and brought more horses. He's like, we'll see. You know, and then his son gets on one of the wild horses to try to break it and it kicks him off and he breaks his arm. And those neighbors are like, oh, such bad luck. And he's like, we'll see. You know, the next day. Uh, the military comes through and goes and rounds up all the healthy young men to go fight this battle, but his son's left behind because he's got a broken arm, you know? And that's like, such great luck. And he's like, we'll see. Mm. Yeah. But I, I think that's just a great kind of posture, posture, you know? And it's this, I feel like it's, it's getting at what this golden mean is about. It's like, the kind of we'll see, like yes and no. It's even like, keel. Yep. And it goes into curiosity, you know, mm-hmm. thinking Thinking about why you think the way mm-hmm. you do. It's life in balance. Mm. I like the idea of that. Um, I loved, loved, loved the quote. Um, where did it go? Often we struggle to get it together, not because we don't have a big enough picture of God, but because we don't have a big enough picture of who God thinks we can be. Mm. Why you like that? Um, I feel like there is almost something you avoid about trying to be perfect in God's eyes. Like there's an arrogance to try to achieve all the things Mm -hmm. to be perfect in God's eyes. But this angle makes it think, makes you realize God would delight in that. Mm -hmm. If it's informed by Jesus's image, because there, there is a, there is a path down what you were just talking about. There's a whole lot of people that, you know, their definition of, you know, goodness might mean better than everybody else. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like the whole, uh, 
It's like the old bear joke. You don't have to be faster than a bear. You just got to be faster than everybody else, everybody else. you know? And there's some people who practice it that way. It's like, God's good with, God's good with me because I'm, I'm not as bad as they are. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes, it's possible. But Jesus' definition of goodness looks like <laughs> you're the kind of person whose presence lifts everybody up, not knocks them down. Right. You know? But yeah, God, God wants you to be that kind of person. Like, do you think you would be as bold to say yes to that question about, like, do you have a big enough picture of what God sees you to be? Uh, at times. Yeah. Yeah. At times, for sure. I think, I think I'm an eternal optimist Mm. is that, but I think, um, I feel a lot like Peter on the water, Mm -hmm. you know, he gets out of the boat. It's like, he's doing it. Like he's doing something. Nobody other, none of their disciples did, Mm. but then he, then he gets freaked out and stops looking at Jesus and starts to sink. Like I can totally relate to that story. Like there are times where I'm like, I'm walking on the freaking water, you know, (laughs) like, I mean, you just think about, you know, walking away from some comfort and security to start a church. That was scary as crap. Yeah. You know, we did it. Um, but then there's times where I'm falling apart. And yeah. What about you, Thomas? What are you thinking about? I'm just thinking about that idea about like balanced life. And there's, I feel like there's never been a greater need for people than to try to tether yourself to something. It's God. We're talking about God and Jesus. But to tether yourself to something greater than yourself because an unbalanced life is the result of you tethering yourself to the whatever's imbalancing you. Hmm. So you're putting more weight onto something hmm. that is, it's not supposed to be that. That's why the scales hmm. tip. And <clears throat> that's why, like, going back to 12 steps hmm. is the idea of surrendering surrendering yourself to a greater power. Mm-hmm. That's why I feel like you, you said 12 steps, like, that's good for everybody. Mm-hmm. I feel like 12 steps was just in the ether. Oh, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. it's like the yep. idea of it, the idea of it has always existed. Yeah. It just took... Yeah, they, they didn't. To, they didn't come up with it. They uh, they found it. Yeah, they discovered they found it. Found it. Yeah, it was already there. You know, yep. and it's like, yep. like that's the ultimate challenge is to is to figure out a way to tether yourself to something, tether yourself to God, tether yourself to spirituality, and with it, I feel like it results in a balanced life, and it. It allows you so if you're if you're tethering yourself to alcohol, you can't handle yourself without it. Mm-hmm. But if you tether yourself to something greater than yourself, you all of a sudden are able to to accept and handle mm-hmm. like a sober lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Everything sort of just comes into balance. Yeah. Yep. I'm just like, it's like, how do you get there? How do you? How do you just find yourself in the in this? I think like a lot of times in faith and Christianity, you think you're doing God a favor by tethering yourself to Him. You know, mm-hmm. like this is how I worship you. So you do Wor- for God, but it's really what I mean. Mm-hmm. God doesn't need that, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. and it's what He does for you. Mm-hmm. That's the game changer. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
a little bit in the Psalms. He's like, if I was hungry, I wouldn't ask you for food. Right. <laughs> you know, it's a funny metaphor. It's yeah. like, why do I need, why don't, you don't, you're not giving me anything I don't already have. Like, this is about you, you know? And uh, it's not, it's not, it's not obligatory. It's mm-hmm. not like, God, so I can't stand sometimes people talk about it. heaven's going to be like us just sitting around, like praising God and telling him how great he is. Like, God just, you don't need that. God desires our, I mean, I don't know. I think God just wants to enjoy us. Um, Same thing goes with confession. God doesn't need hmm. to hear that. He hmm. already knows the truest form of us. It's, it's a practice of discipline. Mm-hmm. Like, for you. Yeah. It's the way, so I, I, I think about it like this. It's like you're. It transforms your heart. Yep. You're not transforming God's opinion about well, you. Well, it's about living in, st- it's actually, it makes room for us to experience the reality of God's forgiveness. Yeah. Like you've already, you're already forgiven. Yeah. But it's hard to experience that forgiveness if you're not, if you're not like owning up to mm-hmm. the thing that's, that you need to be forgiven for, you know? Like it isn't like God's not going to forgive you unless you confess. No, you're already forgiven. Your confession is about aligning yourself with that truth of that forgiveness. You know? it's, it's such a revelation that like all the sacraments that you grew up with thinking were ritual and they just became ritual and you become numb to it mm. because you look at it from a point of view of I'm doing this for my right. God. I'm doing right. this to right. my God. Mm-hmm. It's actually, mm-hmm. if you look at it as a benefit to yourself, like there's more life, more life comes of it the older you get. Mm-hmm. That's the truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. But that visualiza- visualization stuff. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. I think I've mentioned this before. A lot of the, you know, um, phrase that I say a lot is you might be the best example of a Jesus follower someone meets today. Mm-hmm. And that sets my tone, mm-hmm. like for mm-hmm. my day, uh, my interactions, whatever. And obviously I am imperfect at that. But I think it, ke- it, dials into that aspect mm. when you really think about putting your foot forward with you know who you want to be who mm-hmm. you know yourself to be mm-hmm. i think it definitely informs yeah. your actions yeah and your thoughts well for me it was just how practical it felt it very you know it was like thinking about that thing that i'm most frustrated about you know i feel most defeated by stuck on that thing we all have mm-hmm. that stuff and then not just like thinking about how much we hate that, but actually thinking about like the getting real practical. When's the last time that got the best of me? Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's my insecurity, my shame, my anger, my lack of forgiveness, my impulse, my, when was the last time that that got the best of you and it created the shame? It created the, like think about that particular moment, right? Yeah. And then visualize yourself back in that moment but instead of doing the same old thing and that you do it, you, what would you, what would that, what would you do? The best version of you, the, the version of you that Jesus believes you are, who's living in tune with God and step that mean golden mean version of you, what would they have done instead? Mm-hmm. Like I'm reimagining that moment. Like I think about somebody who maybe for them it's the anger, you know, and there's that last moment they lashed out at fill in the blank, you know, reimagine that moment. What would somebody, what would you do? What would the version of you who's at peace with God and themselves, how would they have, what would they have done instead? Imagine. So you're thinking this retrospectively. Mm-hmm. I think they can go both ways with yeah. it. But I think for a lot of people, it might be hard for them to just imagine like a, a healthier, I, th- I think it's, 
I think it can be helpful having a scenario. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, an easy one for me is me and, you know, eating at night before I go to bed or whatever. Just impulse, like escaping, you know. So, I mean, to reimagine the last time I did that, but picture myself not doing it. Being a person of self-control. Mm-hmm. Being a person who's like, nope, and goes to bed. What's interesting is I love that verse. It's like it gives rise to conviction, and that word means proof or evidence. Mm-hmm. Like even just the faith visualization of that acts as a sort of pr- proof to myself that I can do it. And what's funny is neuroscience is fine, and this is true. Like mm-hmm. the, the practice of visualization, yeah. the same neurons that fire like uh, during the, the, the real thing, like if this really were to happen, are the same neurons that fire when you visualize it. So it like it's in a it's way actually really it's actually happening. Yeah. It's like you visualizing yourself doing this is uh, in a way convincing your brain that it's real and possible. You know, yeah. It's a I think it's such a powerful practice, and I don't I don't think you just have to do it with your past, but I think for a lot of people that's probably they feel stuck. Their stuckness has something to do with this thing that they did or keep doing, or you know what I mean. Yeah. And that's the evidence that the voices use to tell you like. Why are you trying this again? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So go back there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> go back to the go back to the evidence and edit it. Like mm-hmm. uh, imagine yourself not lashing out in anger. Imagine yourself not giving into the impulse. Imagine yourself not being overcome by insecurity in that particular setting. How would how would it look different? You know, it works for the future too. The my wife did that for me the other day. She was like, I was having anxiety about Sunday. She was just like, mm-hmm. she was like, make it good. So like, what do you mean? Because I was just like vomiting all these. It's like, I'm worried about this, that, mm-hmm. this, this. And she was like, make it good. And I was, well, I'm excited about this song. Mm-hmm. I'm excited about mm-hmm. this part of the service. I'm excited about this new song that we're going to sing. And mm-hmm. and it made it, it, we made it good. Mm-hmm. And it was like, it was mm-hmm. very beneficial mm-hmm. to like speak to process the anxiety in like a good way mm-hmm. and just make it good. Making it good was like, yeah, it, ma- it made sense of it. It got rid, it got rid of that negativity real mm-hmm. quick. So well, that's the part of what the Bible's talking about. When it talks about the mind. It's talking that about our like focused attention. Like mm-hmm. you can give your brain things to think about, mm-hmm. you know, like here's a fun thought experiment. Imagine a banana. Okay, what color is your banana? Yellow. Make it pink. Okay. You made it pink, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah? Give it wings. All right. Your banana have wings? Yep. And you see what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> you're, you're, you're telling your brain what to think. And then that, yeah. And so I think we can do that. Like, so I think Paul means in Philippians, whatever's good, whatever's true, whatever's noble, whatever's excellent, think about such things. Well, it makes me think your family, Nick, is really good about this, but just words of affirmation, you know? Hmm. Speaking yeah. that in, into your children, into yourselves, makes it more true than than not having that practice. Mm. Yeah. If you're more rational, too, I, there's this neuroscientist that I, I watched go through the process of a thought mm-hmm. and how you can feed it. You would literally feed your thoughts. Like a thought is real. It's like a tangible thing mm-hmm. on a cellular level. It's in, like the neuron mm-hmm. is like your thought is real. It's a real thing. It's not just like this thing that is made up, you mm-hmm. know, and you feed protons or protons. You feed proteins to it. When you feed, when you feed your thoughts, like you, 
and if you if you direct redirect your thought to something else, you you restrict it. You restrict proteins, and the neuron falls off and dies. Hmm. Like that's like a real thing. Hmm. So like, it's like a real yeah. It's not only just like the, it's not only just like good therapy to like talk about right. it. And, yeah, you know, it's like actual physical. Yep. Yep. Like, well, this is where scripture reading is. I think so invaluable. Mm-hmm. You know, particularly parts of the Bible, like to really focus on the Gospels, to read the Gospels, to read through the Psalms. Um, because it directs your mind at the truth of who God is, you know, and how God feels about us. And, like, to direct your mind at that is absolutely essential. Absolutely essential if we're going to live any sort of a beautiful life. Mm-hmm. Visualization. Yeah. I like it. Well, disclaimer, don't take any of your philosophical points from me or neuroscience points from Thomas. No. <laughs> we well, are. I mean, I may be, I might be wrong. <laughs> Yeah. I might be wrong. Full I might have, I might have made it up. The <laughs> concepts are all real and valid and true. The vocabulary or something, I don't know, might be a little I off. I think I made it up. No, man, I think one of the, you summarize what is faith, what is it? Well, I think some of it is coming to live and believe what God already believes about us. Yeah. To live into that. Mm-hmm. Paul says it, let us live up to what we've already obtained, you know? That's the trick. Mm-hmm. And you got to visualize it. And you have power to do that. Yeah. You know, your mind uh, can direct your thoughts. So direct them towards the truth of who God is revealed in Jesus. Amen. How about that? A little summary. Pray for us. Let's pray. Let's pray. Uh, God, I pray for everybody listening right now. I think in our heart of hearts, what we want more than anything is to live that golden mean, that balanced life, that non-reactionary life that isn't constantly bouncing from one extreme to the other, but that is um, is centered and at peace. That's what we all want. And the beautiful thing is that's what you want for us too. I mean, that's, wow. If we could come to really trust that, that God, God behind all of this wants us to live that really beautiful life. And for some of us, that's the biggest thing that has to change in us is is rediscovering that that you aren't out to get us or ruin us or squish us or whatever you actually like us and you want good things for us man i pray you help all of us to to trust that even more than we have i pray for all of us who have maybe just sort of settled for less than that um, that you stir us up that you make us hungry for for goodness again and i pray for all of us who are maybe struggling with um believing that Maybe, maybe God wants it for us, but man, it's just too much for somebody like me. I am too far gone. I pray that you um, renew our, our trust that with you all things are possible and that we're never too far gone, um, that today doesn't have to look like yesterday. Help us to really believe that, not just in our heads, but in our hearts. And then I pray, Lord, you give us all um, just that wisdom and endurance we need to, to direct our minds towards the good, um, to think about those things, to reflect on those things, to sit with those things, to soak in those things, because then they will come through um, in how we actually live our lives. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.